Welcome to Micro, a podcast for short but powerful writing. I'm your host, Drew Hawkins. Bell and Watson, Metamorphosis and Taking Flight. In this episode, three winged pieces describe the pressure and subversion of expectation. In our first piece, a childlike wish for superpower is granted, but everything is not as it seems. It's called Lepidotera. It was written by Abby Manzella and published in Catapult. Enjoy. The girl woke up on her 18th birthday with butterfly wings projecting from her back. Her mother told her to expect the unexpected, but she had dreamed it would be the used car she had been eyeing, royal blue with a bike rack already attached. She didn't think her mother knew she would become part Lepidoptera. She tentatively opened her wings, enjoying their iridescence, colored like the bubbles her mother had blown for her in the backyard not so many years ago. She, an only child, would watch them borne into the air from her mother's breath. Then her father would point at a low sailing sphere of suds, and she would clap at it, uncertain if she were trying to hug it or pop it. Most stayed outside her grasp but the delight of those moments of togetherness stayed with her, even as the airborne soap dissolved into nothingness. She thought the stretching might tear her newly formed and delicate membrane made of scales and hair, but instead the movement opened up a space in her mind that allowed her to think about where she might seek nectar for her family, who had been growing thin since the great sequestering. Not nectar, food, she thought. They had no wings, only skinny arms and legs that could traverse blocks at street level, where no one was allowed since the sickness. She knew others might think of how wings could help you fly away, at least to a friend's house, like the girls she knows three blocks down, not so far away, but impossibly distant since everything metamorphosed. She thought instead of the nervous chatter that now wafted through her house. She understood that her birthday gift, so surprising, could make her a helper to her parents, who could use a child to float above the city from a bird's-eye view to find them what they needed for today, for tomorrow, until the sequestering was lifted, and she might think of her wings differently, like a child would. But for now, they were a wish fulfilled she hadn't thought to crave. For now, she was an adult with wings all her own. As she planned where she must go and how the flapping of her small wings might change things, she hoped she was prepared. She chose not to think about the shock, the scarring down her spinal column, or the danger of her flight. Abby Manzella is the author of Migrating Fictions, Gender, Race, and Citizenship in U.S. Internal Displacements, which won the Society for the Study of American Women Writers Book Award, and her work has been published by venues such as Literary Hub, Electric Lit, Colorado Review, and the Boston Globe. 
You can find her on Twitter at Abby Manzella or on her website at abbymanzella.weebly.com. Our second piece is structured as a series of scientific facts, which allows the listener to really extrapolate significance from what's left unsaid. Written by Eleonora Balsano and published in Retreat West, it's called Holometabolus. Enjoy. Holometabolus. Fact. The larvae of holometabolus insects bear no resemblance to the adults. When I held your hand, people stared. Is she? Holy father, you said, like it's a curse. Fact. When a larva becomes a pupa, it will stop eating and moving. If you couldn't love me, I'd become as light as the feather on your felt hat. Fact. When the adult leaves the pupa, it relaxes under the sun while its exoskeleton hardens. When I finally ran, you yelled that I wouldn't last a week. Yet here I am now, sorting through your belongings. Eleonora Balsano is a journalist and writer in Brussels, EU. You can find her on Twitter at NoRami. Published in Pigeonholes, our third and final piece is nonfiction, containing angels, mustaches, and the isolation of being cast as other. It's called Constructing Gender, and it was written by Sarosh Nandwani. Enjoy. Constructing Gender You, a small brown Muslim girl, are too early in age to understand how your demands are unladylike and why the boy in class asked you if you were going to kill everyone. The only other brown girl in your elementary school class is sick, and your classmates poke fun at how the oil makes her long braids smell. Smart and quick, you both demand space. Drama class is taught by a white woman with wavy blonde hair, and she tells the class they need to audition for the position they want in the play. It's about Alexander Graham Bell and his partner, Thomas Watson, and would be narrated by four angels wearing white dresses and standing off to the side. Nervously, you jump into your audition with a clear voice and all the feigned confidence your ten-year-old self could muster. An angel, of course, you want to be an angel. What little girl doesn't? You want to be in the white sparkly dress, with the fake white wings and a glittering wand standing a few feet above everyone else, telling a story about a telephone. But you are darker and less pure, you and the other brown girl. Casting announcements come out, and so do small flecks of body hair, unacceptable on only you. Camille, your classmate, walks around in short shorts and hairy legs, the white blonde hair blending with her skin. You walk around in full pants, and then to a waxing salon a few years later. Your costume is a white button-down shirt, a black suit, a black tie, a mustache, and a top hat, with black dress shoes to match. 
Hers is too. You both stick on your mustaches, put on the hats that fall to your eyebrows, and walk onto the gym-converted stage. The angels are already there, prim in their white dresses and white skin, standing a few feet above everyone else, telling the story of how you and the only other brown girl made into men invented a telephone. It is years later, and you still lack the white femininity you crave, your legs are hairy, you hate shaving, and your sideburns grow back every week. You are thicker, unruly-haired, dark-eyed, oh, the world, how it turned you meek. Perhaps you were made into a woman after all. Sarosh Nandwani works as an engineer, reads for the Longleaf Review, writes poetry and creative nonfiction, and loves experimenting with her curly hair. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Sarosh Nandwani. Well, that completes our journey, folks. Thanks so much for listening. This episode was edited and curated by Dylan Evers and produced and hosted by me, Drew Hawkins. Our theme song is by Matt Ordez and Maymay Kaufman runs our social media. You can find more shows on LitHub on our website at micropodcast.org or whatever streaming service you use to get your podcast. And be sure to check out our interview series with Kirsten Renault called Five Cues with Kirsten, where she sits down and talks to writers featured on the show about their work. We've got a full transcript of this episode up on our website, and if you need subtitles, check out our YouTube page, which you can find links to on our website as well. Subscribe to the show, leave a rating and review, and be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Podcast Micro. Thanks for listening.